Hey, welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi, and I'm the pastor to young adults at First Baptist O'Fallon. And if you enjoy this podcast, please rate it on your favorite podcast app and leave a review. It helps get the word out. And if you have questions, please text them to 618-224-1216. And uh, I'm joined today by Bryson McGuire, our student pastor. hey Hey, Bryson. So uh, what interesting things are going on in your life right now? Right now. Um, I'm, I said that made it sound like you have something really interesting to share. But So I'll be like real. I am actually a very boring person. Mm-hmm. Um, I pretty much do the same things over and over because I thrive in routine. If I had to give you, though, an answer, um, yesterday was my birthday. Mm. So I turned 28 years old. Getting older. Any gray hairs yet? Um, Sarah says she can see some in my beard, mm. like on my chin area, but I don't see them. Um, not yet, at least. But uh, I will. I will say it was a good day. I'm. I'm not one to make a big deal about my birthday. I'm talking about it on a podcast, so it seems like I am. Um, <laughs> That's just uh, indicative of you actually are boring. And so yeah. when I said, is there anything That was the most interesting thing I celebrated <laughs> I a birthday. Something I don't like. Your yeah. staff was pretty good to you. They, uh, they took oh, you yeah. out, right? No, well, kind of. It was also uh, another celebration. But okay. yes, we went out to lunch yesterday as a staff. Um, and they got me fruit and gluten-free uh, blueberry muffins because I actually don't like cake. Hmm. Like, I'll eat it if I have to. You don't like cake? I don't like cake. Man, how did I not know this? I don't like... like no cake? I like wedding cake because it's, like, it's, like, expensive, and it tastes like it's expensive. <laughs> so but, like, just... but like no, like, your birthday so cake you don't at a birthday care party... about the taste, it's just the price. No, 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 no that's be, not it. Must be Wedding expensive. cake tastes different. I can't explain it. It hmm. does. But even still... Okay. If you give me another option at your wedding, I will eat. I will. I will not eat the cake. So, like Jacob, for example, uh, who does all the audio produces and this produces podcast. this podcast. Shout out to Jacob. He just got married, mm-hmm. and uh, his life is substantially more interesting than mine already. And so, <laughs> like at his wedding reception, I did not eat cake. That's I wild. just had no. I drank sweet tea, and well, I actually drank an Arnold Palmer that I made, but that's another conversation. But. Um, I just don't like cake, so don't like the taste, don't like icing, don't like fondant, don't like any of that stuff. That's super weird, and uh, that explains a little bit why you drink coffee with no sugar in it. So you just or creamer or creamer. I don't do creamer. Yeah, you apparently Although, hate your taste buds. I did just get an espresso machine, and so it's a thing at where home? at home, oh, and okay. so you it makes you like a little cup of espresso, which is it's espresso, not espresso. That's a whole yeah, tangent I, of mine. I've stop following what you're even talking but it about. gives you like a little frother and so i can make like lattes and stuff like that so anyway i'm pretty pumped about that but yes i do drink pretty we basic need a stuff. baker or someone who listens to this podcast to text in to 618-224-1216 <laughs> if if birthday cake and wedding cake are actually the same and it's only in bryson's head that there's a, a difference no they're different uh, We'll wait for the text message from the baker. They're very different. I'm not entirely convinced. I'll believe it when I see a message from a baker. And don't have your wife text in and pretend to be a baker just to prove me wrong. Okay, I'll do it. But anyway, today we are talking about evangelism. We're continuing our... Uh, our series on spiritual disciplines. So we've talked about prayer and fasting and the Bible, and today we're talking about evangelism. So I know this is something near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, this is this is the essence of uh, 
why hasn't God called us back, right? Why mm-hmm. why hasn't he called us up to heaven right now, largely to do evangelism? He wants us here on this earth. And so um, we're going to start with that question is why? Why is evangelism important? Um, what does the Bible have to say about it? Some people might even ask, what is it? And so I'm just going to start with that, just kind of the root of the word evangelism. Uh, the Greek is you, meaning good, and then angelos, and uh, and that uh, means messenger or message, um, and from which we get the word angel. And mm-hmm. I always um, remind people anytime I try to pronounce a Greek word that I am from Missouri, and I don't always even pronounce English words properly. True. So look up your own Greek words. Um, but that's the root of it. It means good messenger or good message. Right. Um, so when you think about the good message, we're talking about the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ, where we talk about the death, burial, and resurrection mm-hmm. of Jesus. And um, we're not going to go into an in-depth discussion of that today because we did that in episode five. Uh, We've actually had a report that um, someone who uh, is very involved in our young adult ministry gave their life to Christ as a result of episode five. That's awesome. So encourage people to uh, go listen to that, uh, to hear the gospel, and even to really learn how to share it. But we'll talk more about that in a second. But we want to start off with this this thought of why is evangelism important? What does the Bible have to say about it? So let's start with you, Bryson. What, What thoughts do you got on this? Yeah, so there's a lot you could speak on, so there's no way we can cover everything um, in one podcast episode, but a couple of uh, just places in Scripture that really stand out to me. So in in Mark chapter 16, um, this is Jesus's kind of final command to his disciples, uh, and it says that his words say, he says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So you could even say the good message, right? Like, so there is a a command from Jesus, one of the last things that he gives his followers and ultimately really to us as well. Some um, might say an imperative. Is, is that, okay, it, <laughs> this is a hot debate. I wanted to say it's an imperative from scripture, but I don't feel like that's the right word. And I Googled it and because I, I knew it was the right word. And is I it the right word? it to prove it to you and I even told you and you didn't doubt even my, or you didn't trust I am even my also Googling from Missouri, skills. and I don't often pronounce words correctly. Words <laughs> are hard. Um, so it's an imperative from Scripture, uh-huh. um, from from Jesus to go into the world and to preach the good news. And so what you see then is kind of jump on the other side um, after um, Jesus ascends back into heaven and acts. Um, the church is born and we're given as believers, the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit now indwells us. Mm. Um, and, and one of my favorites is actually, um, Acts chapter two and, um, which is Peter's sermon, the day of Pentecost, but also in Acts chapter four, if you've never read through Acts, it's a really great book, um, that I think more, more Christians need to read through. We're actually doing it, uh, going through it on Sunday nights with our youth, uh, with it is our high the history school. book of the New Testament. It really is after the resurrection. And one of the phrases that's used so much is that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And we don't have time to get into that. But what happens basically is almost every example of people being filled with the Holy Spirit, they preach or proclaim the gospel. Mm-hmm. They point people to Jesus. So Christians being filled with the Holy Spirit is so much more than warm fuzzies during worship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are really, when you remove sin and pride and selfishness from your life and you make room for the Holy Spirit, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, it, he's going to lead you and guide you, and He's going to do things that are consistent with Scripture. And one of those things that we just learned about that would be consistent with Scripture is what? To go into the world 
and preach the good news to everyone. So why is it important? Because Jesus tells us to, and one of his last commands is to do that. And actually, in fact, go back to Acts chapter one. He says, you will receive the power um, or you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Um, and so it's it's all connected, um, which is why scripture is so beautiful um, because it, it, it's all consistent with each other. But anyway, um, so the Holy Spirit empowers us to share the gospel. So it's important because Jesus tells us to, um, and he says we will do this. But he also it's also important because we have the power of the Holy Spirit as a Christian, as a believer. Not everyone has the Holy Spirit, but Christians, believers, have the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to kind of do this on our own, if that makes sense. So evangelism is important because it accomplishes the will of God um, here on earth. And I'm about to preach a sermon. So Obi, what are what, are, what do you think? I know you got some stuff to add to that. Yeah. So um, just thinking about the two things that you said, that it's an imperative because people might feel like, um, hey, I'm not gifted with evangelism, so I shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And that imperative is to all Christians that it is a command that all Christians are to share their faith. Um, but then being filled with the Holy Spirit. So often that's ascribed to so many other things and spiritual giftings and stuff like that. And, you know, that, as you said, that's a conversation for another day. But one thing that is incontrovertible is when Christians are filled with the Spirit, there's the desire and the boldness mm-hmm. to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so if we're thinking we're filled with the Spirit, and I'm not trying to tell people to just assess, am I, am I not? I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when you're filled with the Spirit, one of the the fruit of that, one of the repercussions of being filled with the Spirit is you want to tell people about Jesus. Yep. That, that's consistent in Scripture. So, right. that, so that's right on. Um, so I thought of Romans 10.9, which is one. It's the fourth of the verses in the Romans road. Uh, and I, I'll talk about that in a second. But um, Chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So when we think of what is evangelism, evangelism is not just inviting people to church. Sometimes we get confused about that. And, hey, I'm not saying don't invite people to church. That's right. great. But but we also believe something very specific in Christianity. So by saying Jesus is Lord, again, I'm not going to recount all this. Go back to episode five. Listen to that. Uh, it's a very elongated explanation. You'll come away with that. Um, understand the gospel better, but also listen to it several times and internalize uh, the Roman road. But when we talk about lordship, it means we make God master. Mm-hmm. We're saying, I surrender to you. And then we also believe not just in his existence, but we believe in the death, brown resurrection. And so then for real evangelism is we get people to a point of decision that we're saying, there is Jesus, yeah. you are a sinner, and you need to be saved by him. You need to surrender to him, turn from your sins, yeah. and, and ask him to save you. And so there's that point of decision. But when we think about the act of evangelism, we're, t- we're thinking about we're telling people that, not something like God is just a good creator or uh, he lo- just loves you. Like, sure, right. all those things are good, but it's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus yeah. Christ. And um, chapter or chapter 10, but verse 15, so just after this famous Roman, Roman road verse, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, you know, I did the Greek root when we started this, that word bring good news is euangelizo. Mm. And so it's that same word, it's good news, good yeah. message. Yeah. And I've always thought it's cool that it's the same root as the word for angel because, yeah. you know, we think of them as just such mystical creatures. And it's like, 
realize that when we're being a messenger of God, the word that is ascribed to us is an angel. Now, don't don't hear me saying some heresy. Get, I'm not saying you're wings be, and the halos. Right. I'm not saying that all of a sudden you're an angel in the creature sense. I'm saying you're being an angel in the mission sense. Sure. That that we're being a messenger of God when we bring the gospel to people. Yeah, I think that's good because something you said kind of even goes back again to the book of Acts. Um, in Acts chapter two, Peter preaches a sermon. Um, it's it's the day of Pentecost. It's the day the church is born. And what's really cool is what happens is he presents the gospel and the people respond with, what should we do? And so I think just to tie off something you mentioned about getting people to the point of decision, when we share the gospel, people will respond. And they everyone has to ask themselves the question, what am I supposed to do with this? Mm-hmm. The question is, is really then do they, how do they respond? Right. And we, we can't control how mm-hmm. people respond to the gospel. It's really not our job to save them because we can't. Um, as Christians, as we, if we think we can save people, we really discount what the work of Jesus Christ uh, on the cross and the resurrection. Right. But our, our job is to get them to that point when they ask themselves the question, what should I do with this? And Peter comes in and he says, repent and be baptized, basically submit to the, you know, all, what you just said in Romans 10, 9, right? Confess him as your Lord and Savior, um, and then follow in, in baptism and those things. But anyway, I just think that's really important um, just to kind of re-highlight. Um, that's why evangelism is important, because it presents people with the opportunity to make that decision for yep. Christ. Yeah, so if you are to think of what, have I done my job being an evangelist? Think, have I given a clear explanation of the gospel, Mm -hmm. the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the need for sinners to turn from their sins and receive his salvation and lordship? And if you've done that, if you've given them a clear choice, then you've done your job, and then the fruit is up to them and God. The response is up to them and God. You're not... You're not called to save people, as you were saying. Yeah, All right, so absolutely. let's let's talk about our journey next. Yeah, um, and I want to ask what your evangelism journey has been like. And I'll just I'll start this one off by just talking about the part that we all want to get to, and the the times that we've shared our faith, and it's like it worked out. They did receive it, yeah. and um, and you're part of the greatest moment in that individual's life. Like if you think of the important things that any individual will ever go through, um, being born, uh, who you're going to marry, what school, what job, career, things like that. There is nothing more important than salvation. Mm-hmm. And so to to get the honor of being part of a moment when a soul passes from death to life, yeah. is that's one of the most staggering things to think of, mm-hmm. um, to think that there's going to be someone in heaven that God used me to tell them how to get there, yeah, right. And I, again, I didn't save them, right. But but to have that moment. So so this is what I want people to hear before we talk about the things that none of us want to hear. But it, but it's a reality that there is fruit if you tell enough people the gospel. Yeah, someone will receive it. Someone will get saved. People will respond. Yeah. And so, man, I just encourage people to to take the risk, take the boldness to do yeah. it because the fruit is eternal. Yeah. And that's crazy to think of. Yeah. So, all right, all right. What, what about your journey? What's it been like? So, I got kind of a long story, but I think it's a good one. So, give me um, the abridged version, please. I, the abridged is the long version. <laughs> okay. So basically, no. I I grew up in church, so I knew as even as a child, I was always encouraged to tell others about Jesus. That was always something you were encouraged to do. And so, you know, as a kid, I tried, probably not very well. Um, but didn't really, I feel like, understand evangelism until I was in college. I was about 18 years old, 
and there was I had a college ministry kind of similar to our church's young adult ministry here. And um, shout out, shout out to the yeah, pl- uh, shameless plug for for why um, we'll take it. But we uh, but anyway, so there was this kind of just this group of people who basically started going to our mall in Springfield, Missouri, where I'm from, and they just started witnessing to people Hmm. and it kind of grew. And so there was this like training session. And so anyway, Springfield, Missouri, because it's a college town has a very vibrant downtown area. It's, it's pretty big for the size of the city. Um, has a lot of just restaurants and places to go bars, different things like that. It's just kind of a place that people go to be. And so what we would do is as a group, as college students, we would go out on Friday or Saturday night and we would just street evangelize. And I learned a lot from that. And so a couple of things that I saw was one, it is really genuinely crazy how you can walk up to a complete stranger and say, Hey, can I ask you a spiritual question? And how many people will be like, Oh yeah, sure. And they will just talk and they will share some of the weirdest things you've ever heard in your entire <laughs> life. The one that got me the most was the the girl who uh, told me that the earth or the universe, excuse me, was floating on the back of a giant turtle mm-hmm. in space. And that there were, thousands of these comic cosmic not comic it's cosmic turtles with universes on their back and i was just like where did the turtles come from she had no idea so she was up to nefarious things at that uh young adult hangout and i'm implying she was intoxicated oh yeah she was definitely a little intoxicated <laughs> yeah that's not the type of thing you think of yeah once you get past five unless you have the help of some sort yeah. of substance but it was cool um because it made me feel like i was I felt more bold, mm-hmm. you know, if I can go up to a random person and share the gospel yep. um, and have a spiritual conversation, um, why can't I do this in my day to day life? And, you know, there were moments where you would share the gospel and you could just see in their eyes. I mean, you could just, there's something about looking in someone's eyes and you can just see the conviction. You can see the spirit moving and yeah. you ask, you get them to that point where they do ask that question, what am I supposed to do with this? And then they choose whether or not to do it. The one thing I will say that I learned um, kind of a spirit, it kind of turned me away a little bit from evangelism for a season. I actually was kind of like went through a season where I was like, no, evangelism is bad because of this. There was basically this kind of, I will call them a cultish Christian group that would also come. Um, and I say cultish because I, they just, they really were. And they would hold these signs and they were called the sign guys. And they just said some very awful things about people. Um, and there was a people in our, our church group that would go and I think maybe they started with good intentions to try to talk to them. But what ended up happening was they would get into these yelling, screaming arguments with them. And so here I am standing thinking, we're here to evangelize to lost people who don't know Jesus. And all these lost people see are these crazy Christians who are standing there screaming at each other on the street corner. And I thought, how many people are now turned away from the gospel? So I say all that to say my Quite journey, the opposite of of Jesus saying you'll be known by love in the right. gospel of John. Yeah. Right. And so I think for me to answer the question is my journey. That's, I, I say that I tell that story because that was really where I feel like I first really started to understand evangelism. Mm. Um, my journey has been a little weird. I feel like I've seen really beautiful moments of evangelism and I feel like I've seen just really moments that kind of make you cringe. Um, and through that, I've kind of learned some practices that we'll talk about here in just a little bit, but um, I've had the honor and privilege of leading several people to Christ, um, either through personal conversation or even just here at church as a pastor. They're like, I want to I want to be saved. And it is 
just an awesome moment um, to be there with that student or that person, um, yeah. you know, and that and just have that conversation with yeah, them. Yeah, it's so cool uh, when 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 you're able to do that. And um, I remember even thinking, uh, just thinking about some of the fruit. I had a guy at basic training that we're on fire watch together. So that's the night watch that makes sure uh, nothing happens in your barracks full of people and yeah. no one's harming themselves, anything like that. And so you just have tons of time to talk, let them to Christ there. And that's just such a cool thing. Yeah. And then of course, being on church staff here, we have lots of people who come to our counseling uh, station called the connection point afterwards, not just counseling, but that's where sure. uh, we have biblical counselors ready for uh, to talk to people. And so I've gotten to be there for these past four plus years. And so we'll just have people come up and um, be ready to receive the gospel. And, um, and so I'll get to lead them to Christ right there, having done no work for it. I yeah. just, and so, man, those are awesome. But for every, every fruit or good response, there's plenty of, of bad responses, right. Or, or rejection. And this is the one that, um, I think makes people afraid mm-hmm. that they're, they're really worried about people are going to reject it. People are going to reject me. And, and so there is a little of that reality that you may ruffle some feathers. Mm-hmm. And so of course, as we've talked about, it's worth it because we're talking about lost souls, but we don't want to do it in the way that like the group in your story, we don't want to do it like that. We don't want to be people who are just shouting people down. Right. Uh, I had a, a girl once that I shared the gospel with when I was an airman and, uh, and we were on guard duty together. And she, she said, uh, yeah, a lot of times people try to just shove faith down our throat. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, we're not called to shove it down your throat. We're extending an invitation mm-hmm. to people. And, and part of that will be, um, listening and things. We'll talk about that in a second when we talk about practices. But even then, when you try to do it the right way, you'll have people who they reject it, they're yeah. angry, whatever. I had I had a guy who I always think of when I think of atheists that are angry. Like this is not all atheists are angry at Christians, but sure. some of them are. And this is the guy I think of. And um, he was just always ready to fight, always ready to argue. And he, would, he never received it. And I check in on him from time to time, still hasn't received the gospel. And so I just think of 1 Corinthians 3, verses 5 through 8, where Paul talks about him and this other Christian, Apollos, that they plant the seed of the gospel, they water the seed of the gospel, but it's God who gives the increase. And sometimes Christians really need to remember that, that it is not up to you to save Mm -hmm. people. And, And I want you to... I want you to take that not just as a an intellectual thought, but as a take the burden off your shoulders thought yeah. that all I am is a herald telling people the good news, the the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And a person either receives it or they don't. That's up to them and God. Right. That, that's not up to me. And so take that pressure off. Uh, but then I've had other instances in my journey where I had a friend that I pushed too hard. We were mm-hmm. in a uh, is once again when I was an airman and we were in a secure facility inside a secure room, inside a secure room. So there was like no one w- who was going to disturb us. So I had a captive audience and I'm sitting there talking to this guy and, um, uh, and I could tell he was getting frustrated and I was young and, uh, maybe a little fervent. <laughs> and, uh, so I pushed a little hard Zealous. and he confessed, yeah, he confessed to me later that he was about one second away from punching me in the nose. Oh, wow. So, um, did he actually punch you? He did not, Okay, but he was very close. He said, gotcha. and, uh, and you know, I might've deserved it. I was pushing a little hard. Okay. And then I've had, uh, other instances where I had people that they heard the gospel news. They 
like their heart heard it, yeah. right? They were ready to receive it. Had two times where people in tears ready to receive the gospel, and they rejected it because of sin in their life or mm. sin in their family's life, Sure, and they didn't want to turn away from that or or kind of say, look, if, if I come to Christ and it's saying that what my family does is wrong and I don't want to do that. And so as good as the fruit is, people are going to reject him too. Right. And, and so I just want to mention that as part of my journey because I think sometimes people think, I'm not a good evangelist if people reject. No, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting Jesus. And that's going to happen, but some won't. Some are going to receive it. And so don't let the reality that some are going to reject him, don't let the reality stop you from sharing it to the people because some some out there will receive it and you'll get to be part of that passing from death to life. Yeah, absolutely. I think think one thing, you know, just... As an American audience, like I can't imagine, we have a lot of international listeners on this podcast. But just on the Speak off chance, yourself. just on the off chance, um, I think there's lots of Dowerpools in Scotland who probably listen to. You it. think so? No, I don't. Okay, um, I was in uh, Thailand on a two week mission trip, and what was very fascinating is their Buddhism is literally tied to their identity um, mm-hmm. of their nation, of their family, all these things. And one of the things that was really kind of crazy was there was a person, a student, we talked, they loved, like they were very open to spiritual conversations, which was cool. And when you, exp- I remember talking to one, one guy, his name was Sheldon. So they all have Thai names and then they call them English names. He was named Sheldon after the big bang theory. I thought that was interesting. interesting. And so anyway, we we're talking and he was like, basically got to this point where he said, Hey, this all makes sense. And we were like, okay, so why don't you respond? And he literally said that if he became a Christian, his family would ostracize him, like no communication, no, like anything. I mean, like literally he would never be allowed to see his family again. Mm. And it's just so deeply connected. And so in our context, you know, that can still happen to people, but there's so much more freedom to have those conversations. And, and, and there's so much more opportunity for people to respond in some sense. And I just want to encourage those who are listening, like take advantage of what we have here. Don't be ashamed or afraid um, there is, like you said, boldness. Um, you yep. got to do it the right way, which we'll talk about here in just a sec. But, um, yeah. but I just I want to encourage That's that. A good word. All right, so let's talk about practices. What are some uh, things, some practices, tips that you've learned along the way, or maybe something that's helped keep you motivated? Yeah. Or if a person's like, "Where do I start? Where can I go?" Yeah. Uh, so speak to us on that. Give us your Bryce. My deep wisdom. wisdom. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. All right. Um. So this is called the C three PO. I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> no, we were joking that it's it's practice, prepare, pray. Um, and so it's like, you know, three P's, C, three P. I'm yeah, a Star Wars you guy. made fun of me literally like 30 minutes ago for how I name things. And, and then you come up with that. We will move on. Oh, um, <laughs> that's, right. that's another podcast episode. <laughs> no. So how, what, what is, what, what can you do? Number one, I think practice. I know it sounds really weird, but I guarantee you everything in life that you do that you want to be good at, you practice in some capacity. And so maybe for you, practicing is sitting down with another Christian saying, okay, this is might be this might feel awkward, but I want you to pretend like you're a lost person, you're someone who is far from God, and I'm gonna be a Christian to witness. And I want you to push back. I want you to ask questions and you know, gauge their responses and things like that. Um, the other thing is to prepare. You need to know what you're talking about. I am just shocked sometimes at how many Christians who say that they're saved don't know the gospel that saved them Mm -hmm. like that. Like literally if you were to sit down and I'm not talking about a went to seminary level explanation of the gospel. Okay. 
I'm talking about a basic foundation. Like if you can respond to it, you should be able to articulate it in some capacity. So many Christians don't know how to share the gospel. So be prepared. There are there are so many tools out there that can help equip you and train you. This podcast, hopefully being one of them, um, learn how to share the gospel. Um, the Romans Road, or OBU talked about it, is a, an amazing resource um, that can help you. And then um, we, let me, oh, yeah, let me cut in. Since we talk about the Romans Road so much, again, go listen to episode five yeah. and listen to it time and time again until you get it. Uh, because the Romans Road, if you're not familiar with that, it is four verses in the book of Romans that are really the quickest, cleanest way mm-hmm. to understand the gospel for someone out right. there. So and I they just, build off of each other, too. They do build off of each other. So, again, go listen to that. It's Romans 3.23, 6.23, 5.8, and 10.9. Yeah. It's just those four verses. And honestly, I always tell people when I'm sharing the gospel, I'm like, it's just four verses. And I hold my Bible open yep. and I go through it because I'm like, I don't want them to be so intimidated like, wow, look at this huge book. How much of this do I have to memorize? No, it's just four sentences. Yep. Four sentences. Yep. And uh, man, every Christian memorized those. Yeah. I, I think that'll help them more than anything. Yeah. I had someone uh, challenge me one time. Uh, so he basically said something to the extent of, if you can memorize sports statistics, if you can memorize songs, if you can do these classes, like, I mean, like some of these students are doing calculus as like sophomores in high school or something like that. If you can learn these things, you can learn four verse, four verses. Um, and so I just want to encourage you to prepare. The third thing is pray. Um, how many times do we think that there's no opportunities? I guarantee you, if you ask God and sincerely mean it, Lord, give me an opportunity today to share the gospel with someone that lines up with his will. He hears you, and I believe he will give you opportunities. You just have to be bold enough to take it. Or maybe think of a specific person. Or, yeah, absolutely. Maybe you have a person in your life that you haven't had the boldness. Take time to pray for them specifically. God, give me the opportunity. Give me the courage to do it. And then this is where the Holy Spirit will empower you um, to be bold and to take those steps and to recall things that you didn't even know that you could recall and and into... Um, being filled with the Holy Spirit means being controlled by the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to speak through you, use you as a vessel. And, but in, in, a, in a more general sense of the practice question you asked, um, one of the best things I've learned is just to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, the best question I've found, and I'm sure there's a thousand great questions you can ask, is this, what do you think about Jesus? That's, 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 that's how I start gospel conversations with people um, either I know or don't know. Because I've learned... It's not everybody has an opinion about every other world religion, but almost every single person has an opinion about Jesus. And so here's the cool thing about asking questions, because I, I like psychology, and so I find this fascinating. When we talk, like if you're having a conversation with someone and I say, hey, what do you think about Jesus? And you you tell me everything you think. I may It may make me cringe. It may hurt. I may disagree with it completely. But if I will listen to you, a lot of times what the person will do is they'll turn in turn say, well, what do you think about Jesus? And you're like, wow, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Let me now share with you the message of the gospel. And because they asked the question in their mind, they're now giving you permission to speak. They may not like what you're saying. They may not agree with it, but they will hear you. So ask more questions than you give answers. Really seek to be understanding about where they're at. Don't just shove the Bible in their face. Meet them where they're at. Jesus asked questions. Like, look, read through the gospels. Jesus oftentimes asked questions to get them to gospel conversations. Yeah, that's good. And um, I'm going to give a different angle on those thoughts. Um, There's different types of people out there. Some people, the idea of rehearsing 
is like really good. It sounds really good to him. There's people like me. I have trouble with rehearsed things. Mm-hmm. I want to just know what I'm talking about, and then I want to be able to um, transport it, repackage it into any situation. And so I'll give you some relational questions. This is uh, our pastor's brother, Don Mutton. Actually, uh, he's a mentor of mine, and he's he's given me these questions um, when I go meet up with people, interview with people, things like that. Um I'm gonna, I always want to get the answer to two questions. Um, what's your story and what's your spiritual story? Hmm. Now, I'm never asking them those questions directly. Sure. Those are the answers I'm looking for. So I ask as many questions as I need to. So think about what's your story. Um, where are you from? Yeah. Oh, yeah? What's your family like? What was your, oh, what was it like growing up there? What do you do for a living? Hmm. Uh, questions like that. Because then I'm earning the right to tell them about Jesus. Yeah. They, they don't know it, but I'm showing interest in them, and I'm listening. Yeah. Right. I'm not just okay. Well, they quit talking so that I can get <laughs> right. I can get to what yeah, I want to say. That's not the goal. But but I'm saying, what's your story? I'm trying to fill out the answer to that question. What is this person's story? Where have they been been to from? Again, not just to check a box, but because I'm called to love people. If Jesus says we're to be known by love, yeah. Part of loving people is I care about them. Yeah. Not just caring about what I want them to respond to, absolutely. Which is oftentimes, oh, we just trust Jesus, so I can get out of this awkward conversation. No, go care about them. Yep. Uh, learn about them. Earn the right to share the gospel with them. So, what's yep. their story? And then, what's your spiritual story? And uh, so, then you can ask a questions like, "What do you think about Jesus?" Or you could say, "So, um, I'm a pastor. Were you raised in church or anything?" Mm-hmm. Or, "Or, hey, I go to First Baptist Fallon. You ever been to a church around here?" Or, yeah. uh, "What's kind of your story? What's your upbringing like as far as church?" And and you can ask it in really kind of a benign way like that because you're not saying, "Oh, you're clearly a." a pagan and heathen and you need to you need Jesus now cuz your soul is um about ready to burn in hell if you don't and right then you hit them on the head with a super thick large print KJV bible that's right you just nail them just boom but you're not doing that right you're you're building a relationship <laughs> you're trying to sure. learn about them because it's not just a soul that we we want to get into heaven to get a quota. Mm-hmm. It is a human life and yeah. a soul that God loves and cares about. And so I'm I'm not trying to just win an argument. I'm trying to get to know a person yeah. and, and give this person or invite this person to the greatest need they have that they don't even often know that they have. Yep. And if I think of it that way, it's not it's not twist your arm so you can be on my side. Yep. It's this is a person that needs the gospel, that it is the greatest need of their entire existence, and they may not even know it. So what can I do to kind of try to talk to them? I think of 1 Corinthians 9.22 where Paul says, I made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Mm-hmm. So what what kind of conversation do I need to have with them? And so what's your story? What's your spiritual story has been really good for me because I'm not a rehearsed type person. I just can't do it. Yeah. If you ask me, hey, Obi, share the gospel with me, I'm going to recite the Roman road to you. I'm not going to try to... I'm not going to try to role play. I just can't. But there's lots of people who that's a better option for. They sure. want, no, I want to try to think of every variable and stuff. Sure. I'm like, no, variables are going to be infinite. Just, I want to know my stuff. And once I know my stuff, I can, I can put it anywhere. Right? Sure. Like we can, we can repackage it. So, so different options for people. But I also wanted to give this first Peter three fifteen says, 
that Christians are to be ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. That word defense, the Greek word apologia, from which... Man, uh, a lot of Greek words today. I know. I didn't even write that one down, so I'm oh, certain I didn't big pronounce right it right. There, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that word from which we get apologetics in Christian studies, which is like where you find tactics for defending the faith mm-hmm. and um, like, how do I respond to a Muslim? How do I? Mm-hmm. And so that makes people really nervous. Like, oh, do I have to understand all of creation biology to be able to share my faith? Because the Bible says ready at any time to give a defense to anyone. And it makes people really nervous. But what we don't do is often finish that verse. Sure. It says, be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Mm -hmm. And so a Christian's primary function, like the main thing that we are called to be in this world and the reason that God hasn't called us home to heaven already is because we're here to tell, tell people for the reason for the hope that's in us. Yeah. So that's what I would ask people. If you feel like you can't share your, your faith, why do you have hope? Yeah. Why do you have hope for eternity? It's well, it's true. because of what Jesus has done for you. Right. Can you tell people about that? I don't have to be an expert in biology, um, all the other religions that are out there. Um, I don't have to be a textual critic. I, like Whatever field that mm-hmm. people could bring against the gospel, I don't have to know all that. Now, I'm not saying don't learn. Go sure. learn all you want. But to begin sharing the gospel, I don't have to be an expert in all those fields. I just have to be an expert in one thing, yep. the reason I have hope, yep. which is Jesus. Yep. And so that's what I encourage all people to do is, is focus on your testimony, your witness, your yeah. evidence. Those are We'll give another Greek word. Uh, Martyreo is the same word for all of those. It's witness, evidence, testimony. In the, in, anytime you see that in the New Testament. Guys, that's not even in his notes. He just pulled that up in there. <laughs> but anytime you see that in the New Testament, it's the same thing. So yeah. think about that. Evidence, testimony, witness. Because when we think evidence, we think something mightier, right? Something that's unattainable. Mm-hmm. But witness and testimony, oh, I can do that. Sure. And it's the same word. Yep. So if we think of what we're supposed to do, I'm supposed to be a witness for Jesus. I'm just, I'm going to get to know people. I'm going to know their story. Yeah. And then I'm going to hear their story, uh, spiritual story. And then, like you said earlier, a lot of times then they ask my story. Yep. And, and then I'm able to share the gospel. Yep. So that's awesome. All right. Anything else you want to add on this? last thought is just this. There are so many things in this life that we are unapologetically like unashamed of that we will share with anybody who will listen. Yep. Pastor Doug, our pastor just called me out a couple weeks ago in a sermon because I like coffee and we've <laughs> talked about that here on this podcast. We have. I will tell people, I will go out of my way to inform people, not only of my love of it, but my opinion about it. And then I will literally, I have invited people who have told me I don't like coffee. I said, I will go and buy you a cup of coffee. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But you need to try this. Why don't we do that with with church and with Christ? Why are we so ashamed? Like, right, like if, if Jesus Christ has set us free, well, has saved us, has set us free from sin and is sanctifying us to look more like Jesus Christ each and every day, why are we so ashamed to talk about him? And And really, like you said, all we're doing is we're just inviting people, hey, look at him, look at Jesus, look at the Bible for yourself. Hey, this life group has made a difference in my life. Why don't you come and be a part of it? Yeah. Um, all these different things. So think about that one thing in your life that you will tell anybody about. You you don't care how embarrassing it is, right? You don't care what they think. You will tell them. If, you, if we will apply a fraction of that to our faith in Jesus Christ, I think this world will be turned upside down. That's right, because the verse I didn't read um, in Romans 10 is, um, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm-hmm. And man, 
what an exciting thing that we should be more passionate about even than coffee, even the bitter tar water that you drink. Um, so I love it. I'll conclude with this. Go listen to episode five. If you don't know the Romans road and how to explain it, because uh, it's more than just reading the verses. It's knowing what the words mean. Yeah. And it's it's not a difficult thing, but go listen to episode five and, and, man, Christians memorize it. If yep. you don't have the Romans road memorized, I think before any Bible verse, maybe John three sixteen would trump this, but, but those would be next. So uh, go memorize that. Well, thanks for listening to faith in real life. Don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And we would really appreciate you rating this podcast on your favorite podcast app and leaving a review. It helps, helps get the word out. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our church services and a small group, which we call Life Groups, in person or online. You can find out all the details about things happening in our church through social media and at fbcofallon.org. That's fbcofallon.org, and we'll see you next time. Hey!